I'm always seeing things on the news and thinking that can't be right, can it? Listen to the KYW News Radio in depth podcast and make it make sense. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. So, guys, it's Wednesday. And unfortunately, yesterday, we lost a very familiar voice, whether it was from Aladdin or from his stand-up comedy. Might have known him from Seinfeld. Everybody knows a little bit of something about Gilbert Gottfried. What's something that you guys will remember about it? My favorite Disney movie as a child was Aladdin. There are home videos of me walking around as like a, I don't even know how old I was, four or something, in the Jasmine costume talking to Raja. So this hits my childhood heart to lose the voice of Iago. Yes, Iago, total signature role for Gilbert Gottfried. Also remember him from Problem Child. He just, for me, was one of those actors, and I have a handful of these, but he's one of them, where when he surfaced in something, whether it was his voice or him himself on screen, I was like, yeah, I love seeing him. He brings something enjoyable, funny, and entertaining to the dynamic. It was always a welcome presence. When you hear his voice, it was so easily recognizable. He was the Aflac duck. He, he's his voice even today was the yeah he's the Aflac duck. I didn't duck. even know that. Yeah, he's the Aflac duck. His his he's got one of those voices that was all over the place. And Gottfried's family announced yesterday that he had passed away at the age of sixty-seven after what they called a long illness, and they said, "quote Please keep laughing as loud as possible in Gilbert's honor." And we're going to try to do that because things are pretty rough out there these days. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. And comedy is a great form of uplifting art. And so is poetry. Now, April is National Poetry Month, and our resident poet, Justin Udo, the poet laureate of KYW News Radio, is going to join us a little bit later to talk about his journey into writing poetry, especially his favorite form of it being haiku. But right now, there's some major news happening. The suspect in yesterday's shooting on the Brooklyn subway has been taken into custody. Law enforcement says that 62-year-old Frank James was arrested in Lower Manhattan earlier this afternoon around St. Mark's Place, and he's been charged with federal terror offenses. Now, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams spoke in a press conference earlier this afternoon. My fellow New Yorkers, we got it. We want to protect the people of this city and apprehend those who believe they can bring terror to everyday New Yorkers. And I want to thank everyday New Yorkers who called their tips, who responded, who helped those passengers who were injured. 33 shots, but less than 30 hours later, we're able to say, we got it. We know that James has a couple of connections to Philadelphia. He rented a U-Haul van here, and this information just came in from the official complaint. So James was in Philadelphia the day before the attack. He apparently went to a storage unit in Philly around 6 p.m. on April 11th. Law enforcement searched that storage unit, and they found AR-15 ammo, 9mm ammo, and a barrel that lets a silencer be attached to a gun. They also searched an apartment that James had rented in Philadelphia for a 15-day stretch starting on March 28th, and they found an empty magazine for a Glock handgun, a blue smoke canister, and a high-capacity rifle magazine and a taser. And James has also had 
a number of arrests in both New York and New Jersey as well. And all this is coming in as we're recording late on this Wednesday afternoon. And KYW News Radio's reporters are currently working to get more information and find out everything we know about what happened here in the city before this incident yesterday in Brooklyn. So we're probably going to get new information constantly. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Johncast, as well as make sure that you're following on Twitter at KYW News Radio for updates as well. Now, also yesterday, Vice President Kamala Harris came to the city. She was in South Philadelphia, which shows you the kind of day it was when the vice president coming to the city it, it ends up being second on the list here. But she was here to talk about new safety initiatives to protect workers from the hazards of extreme heat, giving a speech in front of the sheet metal workers local 19 building. The workplace to get the jobs done that will make life easier for most people in our country, that workplace is not necessarily an office with air conditioning. We're going to put these rules in place and we're going to monitor to make sure that the workers aren't out there without us making sure that they are receiving all the protections that they are entitled to receive. Now, OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, is launching a new program to monitor and address outdoor and indoor heat-related hazards, and they'll be targeting over 70 high-risk industries. This number, Jay, really stood out to me. According to White House data, 43 workers died because of high heat conditions in 2019, and at least 2,400 others suffered from serious heat-related illnesses. So this is definitely a big problem. Guys, is it wrong that the main thing that I was thinking of yesterday was if not for some legal troubles and a guilty conviction or two, John Doherty would have been front and center of that whole scene down there yesterday? I don't know why. That was like the main thing I was thinking of. You talk about it. You talk about a photo op. If that had been with her standing next to Doherty and Bobby Heenan. Oh, gosh. Maybe in a different time, but not today. Not yesterday. And also, if you happen to drive over the Betsy Ross Bridge to get into, you know, get into the city in the Northeast on 995, you best prepare yourself for a detour. Now, for the last year, the northbound 95 ramp has been closed for construction. So now the southbound ramp is about to do the exact same thing for a year. So have fun with that if you're coming in from New Jersey into the Northeast. Yeah, maybe just pick a different bridge, go over the uh, Ben Franklin or or something, because that's probably going to mess some drivers up for a while. Drivers who want to get on I-95 going southbound from the bridge have to take a two and a half mile detour and get on at Bridge Street. And that's going to be going on until 2023. The northbound one is going to open in a few months, hopefully. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. But 2023, so you got at least a year of that detour going southbound. It's infrastructure season, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that belongs on a T-shirt. Go ahead, just get that logo set up and just be prepared to have to be a little bit more inconvenienced, unfortunately, for the for those of us like me who drive. Now, in a minute, we're going to bring in our resident poet, Justin Udo, to talk about National Poetry Month. He's doing some cool things to commemorate it, and he'll also tell us about the history and meaning of haiku. We'll have more about that coming up after the break. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. Now, the month of April tends to honor a lot of things. We've talked about National Minority Health Month as well as Autism Acceptance Month. Well, April is also National Poetry Month. And we have a very accomplished poet on our squad here at KYW News Radio. So we got to do it. We got to bring in the poet laureate of KYW News Radio, Mr. Justin Udo. Justin, 
How's it going today? I'm doing well. Thank you so very much for asking, and thank you very much for having me. I hope all is well with you. Usually on Friday, you'll hear Justin drop one of his Udo haikus. It's something that I noticed he started doing on Twitter. And by the way, at Justin Udo, I started noticing he was doing it on Twitter a few months ago. But this week is special because he's also hosting an event at Love Park this Friday to teach people about haiku, the art of 575. So, Justin, what's this Poetry in the Park event all about? So, you know, I love haiku. It's been in my life for forever. I think I was introduced to it like in school at like second grade or something, but um, and kind of been in and out of it since. But a lot of people don't know what it is. And for me, um, I said, you know what? Um, International Haiku Day is coming up on Sunday. I have a book coming out soon. Why not do a little pop up where I can explain to people um, this is haiku. This is uh, this is what you can write about, which is pretty much in the American version, anything. Um, and this is how it's helped me. And so I really just kind of want to spread a little bit of the love and the information and knowledge um, with it. So maybe it can help some other folks, too. How and when did you first get into poetry? Was it haiku right away? Have you been writing other types of poems as well? The funny thing is, um, I, I, I do like some sonnets, but I'm not a big poetry person. I don't consider myself a poet as much as a haikuist. Um, I, I like poetry, but um, for me, haiku, it was, it's funny, like I said, it was introduced to me at a very young age um, in school in one of these English writing projects and would do it from time to time in middle school and high school um, and kind of let it fall to the wayside. And one of my favorite shows of all time, um, Avatar The Last Airbender, there's an episode where uh, one of the characters on there, um, he one of the main characters, he goes into a haiku bar. And so pretty much the whole concept is he's sitting in there doing haiku. And I was just thought about, I said, you know what? I used to have so much fun doing haiku and he was having a good time doing it. So I kind of just kind of slowly but surely re-implemented it into my life and would just kind of share some different things on Facebook and um, just write for myself. And it kind of, um, this was... 12, 13 years ago, and it's blossomed since then. Is a haiku bar an actual thing? Because that sounds awesome. I've never heard of one. I've heard of readings <laughs> at different places, but I don't know. Um, probably if we if we took a if we took a trip to Kyoto or Osaka or something, or we we could find a haiku bar. But um, not to my knowledge, I haven't haven't um, had the pleasure of going to a haiku bar. <laughs> it sounds like the kind of thing that could exist in in Japan. But I want to talk a bit about the the Japanese tradition, the Japanese style. So, what do you know about kind of the history, the cultural significance? And then you mentioned that. In the American form, it's it's a little bit different as far as what you can write about. So how is that different? Haiku, as we know it in its in its modern form, the, the father, as he's called, is uh, is Basho, and he came along. I want to say in early um, early to mid Edo era Japan, and when he was writing it, it was it's dealt with sixteen syllables, um, and a lot of times that writing would be on experiences. Um, before that, a lot of haiku was written about. It went off of how I like to do with um, taking pictures, it went off of, of paintings. Um, so that that's really where it kind of stemmed from. And, and it was, it dealt a lot with the breath. And it doesn't necessarily, the way that syllables in Japan fall into play and the way that syllables in the English language fall into play, it's not necessarily five, seven, five. And a lot of those um, those poems, they, they dealt with nature, they dealt with uh, with with the seasons and so when we fast forward and whenever it was kind of introduced into american poetry and american poets picked it up it didn't necessarily have to be with the seasons or with nature it can kind of be with anything with very um kind of free flowing so 
Um, that's kind of a, a brief, a very brief and abbreviated uh, history of um, the haiku that we see here and now. And to this day, um, even if you're writing it in an American style, it doesn't have to be five, seven, five. It's usually a, a shorter first line, a little longer for the second line, and once again, shorter for that third line. I tend to stick to the five, seven, five because I kind of like the freedom to do whatever you want to do, write about whatever you want to do, but but that confinement. I like that that hard confinement. So I stick to that five, seven, five mold. I, I found it interesting when you first started talking about this on on the podcast because you use Haiku is both the singular and plural. I think that's something that people don't realize that even I was probably saying haikus, but I've been uh, learning Japanese on Duolingo and I learned that it's pretty much the same word. They're, they don't really have like single, plural, male, female or anything like that. It's just like one word. So that actually makes a lot of sense that haiku is is the correct plural of haiku. Yes, and it's it's really funny because I, I like to see on people's faces and expression. Um, my my book that's coming out is, is called um, it's called Hugh and Udo Haiku, and so people. One thing I kind of played with there was and is obviously goes with the singular, um, but it's it's a collection of these haiku, which is plural. So I kind of played around with it. So I said in in Udo Haiku, and so people are like, wait. Is it one? What's going on? So, um, so it, it it was a way for me to kind of play around with it a little more and and truly incorporate um, that Japanese thought in in language into um, into what I what I did. I like that. Let's talk about that book for a second. So this is coming on yes. April seventeenth. What what is the book? Is it multiple a series of haiku? Is there what else is in it? So with this book, what I did. Um, is I, I took a picture, pictures of, of people in life, just different moments in life, um, moments that we might not think of being significant. Um, some we we might, um, but just capturing those with uh, with the pictures and then putting a haiku to it and and kind of telling a story of life in these black and this one I did with black and white pictures where I really kind of wanted it to um, to be and I, and that's why I called it Hugh because everything in this book is black and white, but it. It to me shows so much color, um, and it shows life in color. Um, so that's really I, I'm really happy with with just uh, the paper, the book, um, and and how it looks. So I, I really can't wait for people to get their hands on it. I want to talk a little bit about your writing process. So haiku, you know, you say you stick pretty closely to the five seven five syllables. When I've written haiku in the past in like school, it always felt a little bit like formulaic to me. Is there a bit of like mm piecing that formula together or do the words kind of just flow for you? What goes through your mind when you're writing? For me, it really just depends on my mood and my setting. Um, sometimes it's, you know, if I see something, something will just a thought, a blurb will pop into my head and I'll jot down a line. Um, I might, and after that, it might bring more lines in where I kind of cut them or more thoughts in where I can kind of cut them to that that first line and, and do it like that. Or I might take a picture at a scene. Um, one, I, I took a picture the other week, uh, a mother, she she lost, her son was shot down and killed in, in North Philadelphia, a 15 year old boy. And I'm taking pictures for my story. And I'm 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 understanding this moment as, mu- as best I can. But later on that evening, I came back to that picture and just looking at the mother's feeling her grief from earlier that day and just taking myself back to that moment. I kind of just sat and I wrote a few haiku about it. So sometimes those pictures kind of bring me back to that moment. And and sometimes it's about being in that moment and really the breath um, for me, just taking it in, 
writing down how I feel and then letting it pass. So I don't have a steadfast formula for how I concoct them, but it, for me, it's really just about, it's about feeling. It's about feeling. And when something feels right and when it feels necessary, it's about doing it. And it's about taking that time to think it through and let it go. And a, a thing that I really want to express to people with haiku, especially when we go to, when I go to Love Park is, you know, we, we see so much violence. We see a lot of things in this city, especially with teens and youth. And I, I really want to take this message to them. It's not, this isn't for poetry lovers as much as it's it's for um, for the, the everyday person has no idea because it's like, you, you know, we can be so much better people and make so many <laughs> better decisions. If we stopped, we took a breath, we wrote a quick blurb about it and let it go. And it doesn't have to be a masterpiece of writing. It, it can just be how something made you feel, how you saw something, how you appreciated something in that breath, in that moment. And then putting it on a, on a paper plane and, and letting it go. And then sometimes being able to, you know, we, 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 I think we all hit moments of genius and moments of enlightenment. And sometimes we all hit moments of depression or moments where we don't feel our best and being able to go back and reflect and look at your writing um, for where you are with those moments can really inspire you or they can kind of bring you down to earth. So yeah, that, that's what haiku does for me. And I, I, I hope others can get out of it. And that's kind of my, my process as well is, is going back and, and looking and thinking. So. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of beauty and release in writing things down, even if it, if, whether or not you want to share it with the world later, you know, start your own little haiku journal and just ha exactly. collect your thoughts, you know? Yeah. Um, so this event on Friday at Love Park, you're going to be teaching people about haiku and also writing some haiku? Yeah, so what I what I'm doing, talk to the the good folks at Parks and Rec. Um, I'll just have a table set up, and it'll be a big poster. It's from eleven to one. Um, I'll have some pieces of paper, some pens, where um, if people want to come up and write a haiku with me, they can. If they're just want to know what haiku is, they can. If they want to write one on their own, they can. Uh, I'm gonna collect those haiku and. Um, I'm going to figure out a cool way to post them online, but I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm hoping I get people that um, obviously that, that love it, but people that have no idea what haiku is, because I really want to introduce this to a, a, a broader audience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds amazing. What else is going on around the city or the surrounding area for Poetry Month? There is a lot. Um, actually, I was able to do a story the other week. There's Poets for Ukraine. Um, I think at least 130 different poets from around the region wrote poetry and um, and then did in, did Zoom sessions and the poetry will be published um, a little later this month. There is uh, Nomad um, Poetry. They um, they have a lot of really great um, writing sessions and they're doing a focus of haiku this Sunday as well as Moonstone. Um, they're going to be doing um, these digital haiku readings for International Haiku Day. But there is just, there's a lot, but I think the real big thing right now that I've seen from a lot of people in the poetry community has been the focus on um, Ukraine and and everything that people are going through and, and really uh, bringing a human awareness um, through a poet's eyes and a poet's feelings um, to, to that cause because um, Ukraine has been on our eyes and ears and, and forefront for the last month and a half. And so that's really been these different readings, um, these these poets and, and politics have really kind of collided and and, and made for a lot of beautiful poetry and readings and sessions that we're seeing right now. Sure. Yeah, it's a really sad reason. But a lot of times these these tumultuous times inspire art in so many ways. And that's just, just one example is the poetry. And also uh, this Sunday on International Haiku Day, 
I, uh, I'll be doing at five o'clock, I'll be doing a, um, a virtual book release of sorts where the link will be posted on my Instagram and or Instagram and, um, Twitter pages. So in with that, I, I do a lot of, uh, video shooting as well, where I'll have some of different videos that I've, I've done, um, playing for people to see, um, people to take a look at just a, a quick half an hour. And also kind of the same thing that I was doing, I'm doing in the park, explaining haiku to people. I'll be doing that as well. Amazing. So whether it's in person or virtual, check out Justin this weekend. It's going to be so exciting. I'm, I'm excited for you. And I love that you do Thank this you. kind of stuff. Now, we usually do our Udo Haiku on Fridays. It is Wednesday, but I think this is a special occasion. Do you, do you have one that you'd like to share as a way of wrapping this up? I do. It was funny when you guys asked me to do one. Of, and it, I love to, to just, you know, take a, take a few minutes throughout a busy day and think on something. It's, it's very meditative for me um, to write something on about poetry, a haiku about poetry. Um, so here's uh, an Udo Haiku on poetry. Let our words capture these ever-fleeting moments, preserves to be shared. Let our words capture these ever-fleeting moments, preserves to be shared in Udo Haiku. Beautiful. Justin, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And that's KYW's Justin Udo, the man who's a reporter by day and a poet by not just by night, but he's a poet all, all the time. Anybody who's talked to him knows that brother always has a verse in his head. You can follow him on Twitter and see some of the other Udo haikus at Justin Udo. Of course, we'll toss those links into the description, including some info about the Poetry in the Park event. That's it for this Wednesday. I hope we helped you get over the hump. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. And we'll be back at it on Thursday for you guys. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy this wonderful weather and stay safe out there.